One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So, I for one am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello. Welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. No, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And before we get into it, we just want to remind you that our website is forever35podcast.com where we have links to everything we mentioned on the show. Our Twitter is at forever35pod. Our Instagram is at forever35podcast. And you can join the Forever 35 Facebook group where the password is serums. Indeed. And you can find... You can sign up for our newsletter at forever35podcast.com slash newsletter. There is a new issue of the newsletter going out tomorrow. And you know what I also just want to say? We started these Forever 35 newsletter classifieds. And what's been super cool is like all of these small businesses and like arts organizations and university researchers are like 
putting ads in the newsletter because they are Forever 35 listeners and they subscribe to the newsletter. And it's nice to be able to give them a little platform to advertise to Forever 35 listeners. So I'm just like, that's really cool. Yeah, Yeah. it's really cool. It's very fun. Well, hey, if you would like to reach us, you can leave us a voice mail or a text message at 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, we do always appreciate a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, especially if it's a five-star rating. So if you've been listening for a while and you've just never gotten around to doing that, you know, why don't you tootaloot on over there? (laughs) Put on your cap and tootaloot on over. Yep. Do it. Um, So anyway, Kate... You've been Dory. having some you've been having some big revelations lately. Well, you know, I I've been asked this by some listeners over the past year or so of like, what's your update on your like body image work? Because if you've been if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that a couple years ago, right before I was about to turn 40, I was like, oh, my goal for this year is to get jacked. By my 40th birthday. I remember this very clearly. And I declared it on this podcast and it was a whole thing. And then instead of getting jacked, my focus shifted due to just some experiences in my life to healing my disordered eating and my body image challenges that I have really had for at least three decades. And... Well, first of all, I'm not, quote, healed because I don't think that's actually an attainable thing. But I have done a ton of work on this in therapy, and I worked with a nutritionist for a while, and I really went deep into a lot of my food issues, my body issues, all that Mm -hmm. good stuff. And... What ended up happening was that I was, I eventually was able to kind of start thinking, or or for actually for the first time in my life, I was able to kind of start thinking about exercise, not as a means to skinniness, because I realized in hindsight, like when I declared back then Mm -hmm. that I wanted to get jacked, what I was really saying is I want to be skinny. I want to lose weight. (laughs) Don't you love psychoanalyzing yourself in hindsight? Mm. And look, I don't even know what I mean by look skinny. That's obviously different for everybody. But I, I had a vision in my head and nothing about getting jacked when I stated that at the time was about me like being strong or, or, or feeling or how I felt in my body. It was about the outward appearance. Appearance. That's all it was about. And, you know, after I did all this kind of uh, work and therapy and really learning about um, intuitive eating, but also kind of going beyond intuitive eating, because I'm not totally sure I, I, you know, completely prescribed to their philosophy either. But I, I, you know, did all this kind of like, I don't know, fucking therapy work on it. Yeah. And I was able to start exercising for the first time in my life, not to lose weight. Now, I say this for the first time in my life. When I was, I have been very active in yoga and I am actually a certified yoga instructor. I mean, lapsed. I haven't taught in many years. Humble brag. (laughs) 
<laughs> do a certification. And there have been times where exercise has been about more than just weight loss or appearance. But I would say overall in my life, that is what it has been about. And for the first time in my life, that is the least important thing to me when I go into exercise. Is it still in the back of my brain? Of course, because I you will I don't think anyone can ever escape the way that diet culture and fat phobia is essentially imprinted on our DNA mm-hmm. at this point. If we, you know, mm-hmm. one thing I heard some of my fave podcasters, June Diane Raphael and Jessica St. Clair talking about is how like the younger, the Gen Zs give them hope for this stuff, but they sometimes worry it's too late for them to actually change because it's been so ingrained. And I will say, Dory, that really resonated with me. Mm. Where I was like, maybe this is just, this isn't, I might never release this fully. Ooh. Okay, so there's a lot. I realize I'm I'm throwing a lot into the, the ring here. So anyway, I I started exercising at a gym a couple years ago here in LA that does like small fitness classes. And then that went online during the pandemic. And I've worked one-on-one with a trainer there. And I can honestly say for the first time in my life that I am not focused on weight loss when it comes to exercise. And that has been transformative. I am, I truly feel, I feel like it has, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It feels like I have finally learned to kind of co, I don't know, to exist in a space where I'm thinking about how fitness impacts my mental health. Yes. But also like really noticing how it makes my body feel better. Like feel Mm -hmm. like if I never had to look at my body again, right? Like never had Mm -hmm. to consider my appearance again. I feel better. Injuries have improved and I'm getting a lot stronger. And that has been really gratifying. And today I went through all my like PRs, personal records, personal bests Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with some like Mm -hmm. functional movements like deadlifting, chest press, overhead Mm -hmm. press, squat. Yep. I did my mile PR this week of running. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, my my trainer was so excited. She's like, your deadlift has gone up 10 pounds in two years. That's amazing. And I was like, it, you know, I'm very one to like self-deprecate. So I was like, no, it's not so bad. I'm dumb. But I was actually <laughs> like, oh yeah, like I've gotten stronger and I can feel yeah. it. Like if I go for a hike, I can feel that I'm not as like I can go further and I can go longer and I can go faster. And like, that's I just, awesome. Yes. And, and it's been really thrilling. I don't know. I don't know. How, you know, like, again, it's not like I've solved my issues, but there has been some of a release there. And that has really impacted my mental health for the better. Ugh. I'm so glad to hear that. It's such an important, it's such a great, like, reframing of your mindset. Well, you know, it's really hard because the older we get, the longer we've had time to tell ourselves stories about ourselves yes, that aren't true and to put ourselves down. And, you know, like, I think I, I've mentioned, I think here before that, you know, I grew up not believing that I was athletic and I kind mm-hmm. of have let that narrate my entire life. 
until I was 34 and played basketball for the first time and realized like, oh, I can do this. And also like, I'm super tall. I'm at this advantage. Yeah. And I I think I mentioned in our show notes, but one thing I really like about the place where I work out is they just call everyone athletes. They'll be like, okay, athletes, like go do this. And that like, that really moves me because there's everybody has a different, they're coming in at different levels, different body shapes, different experiences and different goals. But everyone there is an athlete. And that makes me kind of weepy because I've never given myself that title before. I've spent a lot of time putting myself down in that regard. You know, um, Matt Wilpers, the Peloton instructor <laughs> who does a lot of power zone training, he also I feel refers, like I know, but I don't know. He also refers to us as athletes. And I agree, there is something really empowering about thinking of yourself as an athlete, that it doesn't have to do with skill level. You know what I mean? Like you can be an athlete no matter how, quote unquote, good you are or how fast you are or how strong you are. Like you are still an athlete. Yes. I mean, it's kind of like what they say about writers or artists. Like, how do you know, like, you're a writer when you call yourself a writer? Totally. That's it. And I guess the same is goes for being an athlete, but I've never given myself that. Yeah. Oh, what a what a gift to give yourself. Well, you know, the other thing I do think about a lot is the way age has changed my like point of view of fitness and like exercise Mm. and stuff. I don't know. Have you felt this in getting older where like it's 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 becoming less and less about like how I look and more about like I want to be able to like stand up straight when I'm 80. If I make it that far, you know, like it's becoming more about like, yeah, I do. And I'll be honest, in the back of my head is always the fact that my mom died when she was 56. And yeah, you know, like, that's not that's not that far away for me. Yeah. Yeah. So those kind of things start coming in as you get older where you're like, oh, cholesterol. Right. Right. I always think about, yeah, I mean, not to like go to a dark place but like i always think about falls and how so many people as they get older like their sense of balance is off and people often get like injured or die from falls like my grandmother died from a fall in her kitchen you know and just kind of like i don't know staying there's there's so much more to fitness and athletics and just being, you know, being able to run a marathon or deadlift. It's also, you know, about flexibility and balance mm-hmm. and like all these things that we don't necessarily think of as being part of athleticism. That's a great point. Balance is so huge. Yeah. I mean, you get it as a as a certified yoga instructor. Did I mention I'm a certified yoga instructor you're certified and on the february 35 retreat you will be teaching a yoga class oh my god i would be so nervous i don't think i could do it i don't think i could do that i would be freaking out i wouldn't i am ready for the february 35 retreat though yeah let's manifest that yeah let's first let's first manifest everybody getting the covid vaccine and us as a country doing our job to ensure everyone does that Okay. And All then right. okay. and then we're going to manifest the end of COVID. Okay. Yep. And then yep. lots of other good things like solutions to all the world's problems and then the retreat. 
and then the retreat. All yeah. right. Just I can put get it on the down list. with that. That sounds good. Well, I'm glad I came into this with a strength update because you also have been strength training. What are we doing over here? We are just well, pumping iron. Okay. So I had mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to add some strength training back into my workouts because I've been doing a lot of Peloton bike riding and then also tennis. So like a lot of cardio, which is great. And you know, when you were talking about hiking and feeling like you're like getting less winded, mm-hmm. it occurred to me that I am getting less winded at tennis. Ooh, look at you. Like for a while, it was like, <laughs> I, I was can't like, even imagine dead, dead. And um, it's been getting a little bit easier. So that's been really cool to see. Um, but anyway, I I was like, you know what? I used to really enjoy strength training. I haven't done it in literally months. So let's just see what happens. So last week, and I was going to talk about this on a previous episode and then just like forgot. Um, I did my first strength class in so long. And even as I was doing it, I was like, oh, I'm going to be sore. And then I basically like, it was like hard to walk for two days. (laughs) So it was like a leg workout? (gasps) It was a full body workout, but a lot of lower body, a lot of leg stuff. And it wasn't, it was 20 minutes. It wasn't that long. And then I also did like a 10 minute core thing and like my stomach i was like "Ooh, i feel that feel that in my abs (laughs) um so that was kind of (sighs) just you know sobering (laughs) (laughs) i mean Um, you know yeah it's crazy when our when our well and also the other thing about our bodies is that if we aren't consistent they like lose the muscle memory very quickly so like Yes. You know, you go on vacation for 10 days, you come back and like pick up a five pound weight and it's like, ooh, baby. Oh, totally. And the same thing happens with cardio. Like when I went away at the beginning of July, I barely did any working out and came back and was like, because <gasps> <laughs> it was like two weeks of basically nothing. Um, so yes, I know it's like you, you have to kind of be consistent with this stuff. Um, so I did another strength workout today and Ooh. hopefully I will not be <laughs> incapacitated for for too long. Especially um, because you and I have hot plans to go out to dinner outside tomorrow. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah, we sure do. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited you're on this journey. I am not I'm not like exactly joining you on this journey but I'm but I'm joining you on on a on a modified version of this journey. Well, welcome aboard. You can ride in the caboose and I'll steer the train. Choo choo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh my god. I did I did want to mention that a person who I really love following for this stuff is Casey Johnston who's Instagram handle is Swole Woman, S-W-O-L-E Woman. Do you subscribe and to her Substack? That's what I was just about to endorse. She has an, oh. a new Substack newsletter that is excellent. Yeah. Um, she is a 
journalist and a person who's gotten very into lifting. She describes herself as a former disordered eater and runner, getting everyone into lifting weights. And her newsletter is excellent. Um, and so I just wanted to give that a hearty recommendation. And I also wanted, can I, can I change gears for a quick second? Always. Okay. So you know how a listener recommended Soul Bomb Sisters, their shower steamers? Yes, I do remember this. So I placed an order and it came this week, but because I rarely shower, I had not had a chance to use one <laughs> until today. And okay. it is a, it's really cool. It's a really cool product. Um, it's like, it, it's just like a square thing that kind of looks and feels like a bath bomb and you put it on the floor of your shower, not directly in the water, but the steam kind of and the, in, and some of the moisture I think helps to dissolve the little bomb and release the odor, the smell. And it's really oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. I, I thought it was a really, I'm really I wanted to give it the first thank you to the listener who recommended um, this brand because we weren't familiar with them. Soul Bomb Sisters. They are a woman owned business, black owned business. Um, they're great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really into these shower bombs. I started with the eucalyptus and mint and my whole bathroom just kind of smelled like a really nice spa. Mm. And then Anthony was going to shower after me. And I was like, if you see a little like green square on the floor of the shower, just leave it. Don't worry. It's my shower bomb. Like, like, you know, you you always have to kind of like explain to your partner, like, oh, that contraption over there. Yes. Yeah. Like every night I'm rubbing an LED light on my face and I'm like, I guess I have to explain what I'm doing to my husband. Oh my gosh. Curiously. You know, that's really funny. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I keep calling these shower bombs, but they're called shower steamers. Shower steamers. Okay. Great. Love a prod rack. Well, your birthday is... No, wait. It's not coming up. I have no idea what month it is. It's September. I almost said your birthday's coming up. Your birthday's in May. Uh, My birthday's in May, but you know, Hanukkah's coming up. Hanukkah's coming up. Okay. Done. Just get ready. Um, Hanukkah is early this year. Is it in November? Or just early December? No, early December. Fun. Really fun. I hope you have a latka. I don't know how you're going to have a latka party this year, but I hope you figure out a way. Yeah. Mm. I don't think I don't think I will. Oh, man, this pandemic. Mm. Yeah. Well, mm. luckily, we come to you with a really great interview. Oh, yeah. We sure do. We talked to Darian Harvin and... This was like one of, I, I, I loved this conversation. I mean, I know I feel like I say this every time, but it was know, an but, awesome conversation. Darian was really cool. <laughs> Darian's really cool. So let's tell you, our listeners, a little bit about Darian. She is a news curator working on thoughtful and shareable ways to present news and culture to people on phones and in real life. So she's a writer who covers beauty at kind of the intersection of pop culture and politics. She has an amazing newsletter that I have subscribed to. Um, and she has worked for TV, print, digital, NBC News, CBS, Yahoo News, BuzzFeed News. She has made a podcast. She's just like analyzing and exploring this stuff in such a like smart and thoughtful and interesting way. Mm-hmm. But 
like in addition to us kind of digging in to all, you know, to beauty and how it kind of and how it's more than just, oh my God, I almost just said the dumbest thing. I almost said how it's more than just skin deep. <laughs> that would have been bad. Um, uh, but she, she very thoughtfully, I think, um, explores the beauty and, and wellness industries, um, while also like sharing her favorites and talking about also participating them and why that can, like having agency in these kind of worlds in which sometimes it feels like we don't have any agency. So I don't know. She had some great product recs and just is the coolest. Yeah. Everything Kate said. Everything I said. That's how yeah. it should always be. Whatever I say goes. <laughs> All right. So we are going to take a short break and we will be right back. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry and so much more like truly the list goes on and on and the best part is that quince items are priced 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands by partnering directly with top factories quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us and they only work with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever 35. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings, there's nights out, it's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And What I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. 
Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get okay, into it. Okay, do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say like I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires and just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, "Oh god, like get this off of me." <laughs> No, thank once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F 
Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is Darian Harvin. Darian, welcome to Forever 35. Uh, thank you so much for having me, longtime listener of the pod. So, oh, <laughs> well, it's so great to have you here. We have so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, so excited, but we usually start off by asking our guests about a self care practice that they have. So we would love to hear from you about a practice that you have that, you know, you do regularly that kind of brings you calm and joy and. Yes. Something that I have started to do more regularly that I really consider self-care is taking more breaks during the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, like after a meeting or if I have a phone call that really annoyed me or if I had an amazing phone call, like I either will take a short break and that could mean like a, a quick walk. I've also started taking walks more recently. I was never a walking person. And then I recently moved. I live in LA. You both live in LA. Yeah. yeah. And um, I, so I moved closer to like in the Venice area, just closer to the beach. And like Ooh. that Ooh. gives me no excuse not to walk. And so I love to take actually like a few walks during my day, even if they're just like five minute walks. Like I just love this idea of just kind of like throwing a middle finger to the day and just being like, (laughs) I'm about to take a break. So that's my self-care practice. Do you do you listen to anything while you walk or is it kind of a silent meditation sort of thing? Yeah, I actually love to um, I love music. I feel like people maybe assume that I'm a big podcast person where I'm constantly listening to a lot of podcasts, but actually don't listen to a a lot of podcasts. I'm a very much like music right now. I'm listening to Cleo Soul. Are you both familiar with her at all? Mm -mm. You will love her new album. It's very um, like meditation. It's like R&B soul, more like spiritual, or I might just listen to rap. Like it really just depends on what my mood is. But yeah, I'm a big music person in that way. Do you think that your practice of taking breaks throughout the day will continue? I mean, also, who knows what normal will ever look like again when we get back to a post-pandemic life? But I'm curious if that's if you think that's something you'll be able to hang on to, because I do feel like our work culture has been really disrupted for the better in a lot of ways because of this. Yeah. You know, I want to say yes, because when I really think about also quarantine and when it started, I realized that even when I was looking at Twitter at the at the very beginning of this and, you know, people are basically working through in real time on Twitter, like how they're feeling actually. And like these adjustments and these observances of their own lives. And I was already a freelancer and working from home. And I feel like I had a little bit of a beat. I felt. And so I'm honestly hoping that my walks will continue because I've, um, time management has also just like always been a thing I've struggled with. I think everyone struggles with time management, but for me, I struggle with the list. I struggle with the goals. I struggle with like what notepad I'm, I'm keeping everything in. But I think that like now that I've gotten better at time management and I'm a little bit more like honestly like bullish with my time, I'm like, I'm not doing mm-hmm. this at this time. I'm doing, I'm doing this. I'm going for my walk. Like I, it just like, 
I'm hoping I can just like keep that energy more of just like the time management because I want it to continue, you know? Yes, I do know. (laughs) Um, And, you know, I was also, we were both people who worked from home before the pandemic. And it's just, it's interesting how working from home when you have to work from home and you can't go Mm. anywhere else to work (laughs) makes working from home very different. So, yeah. Um, Well, kind of along those lines, we are curious how your beauty and self-care practices changed during the pandemic. are there products that you're using now that you didn't use in the past? What, you know, kind of what's, what's been happening? Yeah. It's so funny because I actually feel like my practices have actually even evolved within quarantine. Like mm-hmm. my, I feel like at the beginning of quarantine, I was very into like eye patches. Like eye patches were the thing I became really into. And I feel that I would like take a bath. I also was never a bath person. Like, I feel like we have this whole emphasis on like baths in our society. And I'm like, how many baths are we actually taking? <laughs> like they're, I think that like, <laughs> you know, I don't, like, maybe we all are, but it's definitely obviously been become like more popular. There are more bath bombs. There's more marketing towards taking baths. But sometimes I question how many of us actually have baths and how many of us actually if we do use them, but I became very into baths. And so I used to like literally watch um like skateboard kitchen on HBO and like have eye patches on and like in like in the bathtub. So that was like a big thing. And now my ritual is more right now, I feel like around um body lotions. And I actually feel like I got more into Ooh. like body lotions more because I was actually looking for great body sunscreens. In like all of that, I feel like kind of triggered this like, okay, I'm looking the the characteristics for what I want for my body, for my son's like how I want it to feel is different, honestly, than my face. And so but in all of that, I was also like it made me more open to testing lotions more because I'm like a body oil girl. Like I like right out the shower efficiency. Like I just want to put on a body oil, let it absorb. I don't want to have to put on another layer on my hands, you know? And so that's like what I like what I'm into now. And I think those are the two main things. Yeah. I love that you make the point of the evolution during quarantine because we've been at this now for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Like it's been long enough that your practices in March and April 2020 are different than they are now, which is just what, but they're still influenced by this weird thing, which is wild, wild to think about. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I know we're all experiencing it, but it's still kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of curious about you both. Have our practices changed in quarantine? <laughs> well, you know what you asked? I was listening to your interview, Darian, on the takeaway on WNYC, which I thought was really interesting. And you reflected on a question that really resonated with me. I'm going to turn and read it. It was, do I look the way I think I look? Like we're all staring at ourselves now. We're doing it right now as we do this podcast interview. We do it on Zooms. Our kids or, you know, my kids did it for a year on Zoom. And I just thought that was such an interesting way of looking at it. Because we've definitely, I think, all talked about and all felt this weird, like I'm staring at myself in the Zoom, like, I don't like how I look, but this idea of like, wait, do I even look how I think I look? Like that feeling of like, I look great going out. 
now we're staring at ourselves <laughs> the whole time. And it's like maybe our perception about how we think we look is not the case. And so you you posed this kind of like rhetorical reflective question. And I've been thinking about it since I was listening because that has been something I have thought a lot about. And like, do I care? That part, that's really like the part in what I was, I think, trying to evoke of that of feeling like, and how much do you care? Because normally I feel like the question is like, do I know the way that I look to others? Like, am I perceiving myself the way that other people see me? But I think what I was also trying to say was like, do other people see me the way that I see myself? Like, this is how I see myself. And do you see me this way? And if you don't, do I care? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that became more of the question for me. And it, again, kind of even just thinking about like what I cover and how I approach beauty, like that is kind of the crux in so many ways of like starting talking about a ritual or a routine or a thing I'm obsessed with. But then it kind of sometimes becomes this other question. And so, yeah. A lot to, t- a yeah. lot to think about. <laughs> I mean, that's what I think is so, yeah, I think, but I think that's what makes the beauty so interesting, right? Like in addition to just like, it's fun to play with and to see the, you know, what you can do with this stuff, that kind of larger philosophical approach to it, I think is really interesting. And really, I think at the crux of what we try to talk about, but always, you know, sometimes we hit it and sometimes we're just like, <laughs> Fuck no. It's hard. It's hard, honestly, because I feel that so much of beauty media is literally focused around the product, like the physical thing. Right. And so mm-hmm. even yeah. when I I feel like sometimes even my newsletter is a practice in me trying to figure out, OK, if a brand or a product wasn't specifically the focus, what would that look like? And sometimes I nail it. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I did it this time. I, I extended the conversation and I made it more of this philosoph, you know, do I, do I look the way I think I look? Like I, I can go there. And then sometimes it's really hard, you know? So. Well, okay. Then here's, here's a sort of big picture philosophical question. Why do you think you like to think about beauty so much? Mm. Whoa, Dory. Yeah. I mean, let's just get into it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Let okay. me take a moment because that's a really good question. I think that what it comes down to is there's something about number one, the the thought process that I go that I go through that I really enjoy about it. Mm. I think that also because beauty and I think this is true for all of us, growing up was not a serious topic. It was not something that the rest of the world took seriously. I think that people who, um, from the outside looking in, maybe people who are within the industry, whether you're an executive, you're, you're the CEO of a brand, you're an influencer, um, you're a hairstylist. We don't, the things that we engage in as women, right? That we, that, that our spending power, you can definitely see. I think that it's not, has not always been viewed as serious. And 
we know that it is. And I think I'm very motivated to do more of this work where it feels like I'm covering beauty the same way I see sports covered, the same Mm -hmm. way I see tech covered, Mm -hmm. the same way I see politics covered and really letting know, really letting people know that there's a lot at stake that goes beyond just the categories of the of the cosmetics world right of um skincare hair um makeup nails you know and i think for me i'm trying to add these different layers of um women's health talking about gender and sexuality at like this this entire i've been exploring i feel i think that's also why i why i look at it this way is because i view it as like this exploration and um i'm e- even when i think about naomi osaka i think about simone biles shakari richardson and how they have been engaging in this conversations around um self-care and wellness you know i think that it proves this point. It proves the point that beauty is far more serious and it's fun. It's like, it is, it is fun. And I also like love it. Like I love to talk about it, but I also love the idea of discussing culture through the lens of beauty or starting from that foundation because I just like was also was not seeing enough of it um, as consistently as I wanted to, you know? Yeah, I feel like what I've really learned from your work is that in, and what I, I mean, this is how I perceive what you're doing. I could be wrong. Is that beauty, like you say, is a lens through which we can explore politics, race, class, capitalism, economics, gender, sexuality. Like there really is so much more going on than just like the season's lip color is orange. You know, like there really is a lot running underneath that that fuels the direction of trends that mirrors what's happening culturally i mean i think it's really there's so much to it and i think that that coincides with people taking just the whole idea of beauty more seriously is that it really is a mirror or a reflection for so many other things yeah absolutely and i think even just the point around Getting, I think also a, another huge part of this too for me is that I want everyday people who don't think that they are even interested in beauty to find something within my newsletter that they appreciate now knowing, right? Or from, from my reporting in general that they now appreciate knowing. I think it's like that for me too, because oftentimes I feel, and this is a gripe that I, that I have, but I think it's also just, uh, the nature of the industry that we're in is that a lot of people uh, on the PR side look at me and go, Oh, this is a writer who I, she's a tool for us, right? To, we have a product. We're doing a thing. XYZ. This is someone who I'm going to reach out to. That's the nature of the relationship. But for me, my audience is actually their audience too, the consumer and that I am really looking to, like keep that audience of people who aren't in, who aren't in beauty and whether you're a beauty junkie or a beauty lover, you know about the industry, but you're not in it. Um, or you're just the everyday person who realized that you really actually appreciated your haircut before COVID and you, you couldn't get one. Um, it's like supposed to be for those people too. Um, and in many ways I view 
what I do also is like human interest, if that makes sense. Like I want people to kind of feel like we're talking about our choices and our actions and our agendas. So. Mm. Well, I know you said, you know, beauty isn't just about products, but I do want to talk about products. Same, 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 honestly. Uh, okay. <laughs> Great. Story. <laughs> Listen, the, the, it's the duality. It's the duality. It's both. Like, I think that's so yeah, much a part of it, it really too. Is. It really is. It's like, I, I'm here being so philosophical, but I really yeah. need people to know that I am making so many. Like, what creams oh are good? Gosh. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. exactly. So I have, it's kind of a two part question. One is I want to know, like, what are your rider dies when it comes to skincare and beauty? And then two, and there might be some overlap here, but two, what are the products or lines that you're like new, new stuff that you're like super excited about? Yeah. Okay. So I need to say that Mac has been holding me down ever since I was a teenager. I really want to say that because I, First of all, my skin complexion is probably also like a very, if there's going to be a shade and it's 2010, I feel like I am a black girl who you kind, I didn't, I'm not someone who had a very, very difficult time finding my shade. I have a neutral undertone and I'm, I'm pretty light skinned. The only reason why I'm a bit more tan now is because I, I live in Venice now, but Mac has always, I felt like growing up had my foundation and I still use, um, ref- like, I think it's called refined gold Mac bronzer. I still use Mac bronzer to this day. And so <laughs> Mac actually, and then another brand that I really enjoy is, um, Laura Mercier too. <laughs> I feel like I'm naming all of these brands that like people don't really, we don't hear about a lot, but these were brands for me, like growing up, they had the things that I needed. Um, and, and then like now I love, um, tower 28 for Mm -hmm. their lip glosses. Mm. Um, I'm a big lip gloss girl. I'm a, like a, I'm a, I could review lip glosses and I love lip glosses, buying lip glosses. I'm very like, I'm a lip gloss girl for sure. And in terms of also, I'm trying to also just think of new, of like new makeup brands I've been using. Definitely a fan of Oma Beauty because I really also just love the way that they infuse the diaspora Mm -hmm. into almost being like the foundation of the brand and their point of view, but it's makeup for everyone. Like I love that. And so, um, I love Oma Beauty for that reason. And then they also have fantastic, um, like tinted lip glosses that I just feel like is perfect for the girl who doesn't always love, um, the lipstick. I'm not a big lipstick person. And, oh my gosh, I feel like there's one other brand, brand I'm, I'm missing. Of course I like use Fenty. I, I feel like I'm, I'm trying to think of like the ones that you don't always hear. I've, I'm definitely, I think that Ami Cole has put out a fantastic skin, skin tint, but also a fantastic, um, like lip oil. 
And for me, it's a very interesting lip oil because you normally don't see lip oils with a very subtle shade of brown. Like it's clearly for the like the melanated girl in this way where I was like, oh, okay, interesting. You can barely see it, but it's almost like the color is still intentional. Um, So that's like with with makeup and I've toned down on makeup so much, Mm. obviously, like Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, But I still love like a. I still love like a um like a glossy lid. I think that oh Kosas mm. has these uh the lip the um the shade sticks eyeshadow sticks which are perfect for somebody like me. Just go like you just kind of rub it on, and I will say that I'm not a fan of the application of all of the co- colors, but the deep brown shimmery color is a fan is fantastic, and then. For skincare, I am actually a very regimented person with my skincare and I actually keep it pretty simple because I really do believe that if you are someone who has combination skin or you don't deal with, um, you don't consistently deal with acne or you need, you, you know, you're someone who you go to the dermatologist, you have to go to the dermatologist and you, um, and you are constantly working, working with your acne. I have found that for me, consistency and consistency and a simplicity is like where, like where I live. I don't really, I don't really venture too much. If I do try a product, it's like very, it's very, um, it's very one thing at a time. And so right now in the morning, I am using, uh, Faded by Topicals. I think Faded has been a game changer as just someone who, as a melanated woman, as a black woman, I have realized I'm always going to be dealing with hyperpigmentation. Mm. And so I just kind of use Faded by Topicals every day. And also it's very sheer. And so I love Faded for that reason. And then I love Black Girl Sunscreen. I love that brand. I think the formula is really fantastic and it gives my, I think it's also like a great primer or it just gives you like this, like this matte glow still where you're not oily, but you still have this, this glow to you. And so I, that's kind of like in the morning. And then I, at night when I'm really washing my face, um, I love a double cleanse because I love oils. I think that's something also about skincare is like, I just, I used to be a big patter, you know, like you pat into your face, you don't want to rub your face and all those Mm, things. But mm -hmm. now, like, I love to rub and massage my face, honestly. And I just started Mm. using, um, let me make sure I get the name, the name right. I think it's called new, new face. Uh, yes. The new face tool. Yes. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> I just started yes. using oh, yeah. the new face tool and wow, like I could, I love to do the test of like looking at one side of my face <laughs> and seeing a little bit of a difference. Uh-huh. So I, um, I've been using my new face at night or and in the morning just to test it out. But I, there is a cleanser that's, I'm probably on my, let me make sure actually that I have the correct name of this cleanser. Sorry. Yes. Okay. The cleanser that I notoriously use, I think I'm on my 
second or I'm on my third or fourth bottle of it is the Soon Jung creamy foam cleanser. It's super cheap. It's like 15 bucks and it just is this cleanser that I feel like really balances like the pH of my skin and is foamy, but creamy. It's just like a cloud. It feels great. I'm also a big like touch sensation person. Like I love a good something that smells good or, (laughs) you know, it feels good. Like the elegance of the elegance of a formula is honestly like very important to me. You know, it's all part of the experience. Mm. Um, Yeah. And then the elegance of a formula. mm. Mm. I love the way that sounds. And. A brand I'm trying right now that I was actually really surprised that I was going to enjoy was Alicia Keys skincare line. Oh, <laughs> because oh, interesting. Yes. Um, have you guys talked about this line at all? No, on the I podcast? was just going to say we haven't we haven't touched no. on it at all. Well, okay. So obviously there are a bunch of celebrity skincare lines that literally come out every week. Like actually every week I have at least two to three people in my newsletter who have launched or collaborated on something, but mostly launched a skincare brand. So coming out the gate, you're already not looking good as a celebrity putting out a line right now. Like you already, you know, you don't have that, you don't have that that uniqueness going for you. Um, mm-hmm. But she came out with a, I believe it was a body oil or maybe it was an eye cream she came out with. And I'm a sucker for an eye cream. And as much as I, you know, it's kind of the thing where it's like, you don't need it, but you could totally use it. And so when their PR reached out to me, I was like, okay, send me send me the cream. I'm interested in trying it. But I was like, honestly, just send me, send me the line because I actually am interested to explore and to know more of what's, of what's in it. And number one, the, um, before even talking about the formulas, I really like the packaging and the packaging is really like these just very, it, it has this, it has just this, the glass really gives it this this heaviness that I really like. It gives it this seriousness in a way where it may it it's not Gen Z. Like everything I feel like I'm seeing right now is very, you know, bright colors and fonts and shapes and things of this nature. And this was really simple and it was deep purple. And so I kind of like liked it for that. I knew it was gonna look good within my bathroom. And then I thought that all of the products actually felt very gentle. They all of the fragrances I feel like um or scents, it feels like a oatmeal vanilla but it's not overpowering, like not in the Bath and Body Works vibe. It's very all of the products from the cleanser to the shower gel. Um I like that it was a, that she has a whole body line. It's like not just face. Um and so I think that my favorite product so far is the face cream actually. Because the mm. face cream, I feel like, is this formula that is not too heavy where it kind of, you ever, you ever try like a face cream and it kind of suffocates, it not like suffocates you, but it almost feels like it's just like coated over your skin. It's too rich. Yes. Yeah. So it does, it's, I just feel like it's a perfect balance between when it settles on my skin, I can feel that it's been soaked in. It gives me this nice mattifying look, but, um, 
it's not too heavy. And so, yeah, that was so long winded. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. Um, I love a toner. <laughs> That's the one thing I'll switch out are toners, like hydrating toners, not exfoliating toners. And right now I'm on the hunt for a new retinol. Ooh. So. <laughs> well. <laughs> Oh, it, it, nothing is too long winded. I find it like so soothing to just hear what someone is doing and like what's resonating. I could listen to you describe <laughs> this all day. Yeah, it's actually really fun. Like when I actually get into it and I do it, I forget that I do like to do it. I don't always write pro- like I don't write product reviews. I don't do I don't do product reviews just because it's very time consuming to do the other stuff that I'm focusing on, but. I could talk about it all day and among friends or on a podcast, you know, then it's really fun to me. So we're just going to take a short break and we will be right back. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, Okay. Which is visible on my (sighs) neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. And please support our show and tell them we sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Okay, we're back. I wanted to I wanted to ask about appropriation and, and cultural appropriation and beauty and wellness. Mm-hmm. Um what do you see what do you see happening not just in what's been what's kind of getting appropriated by white culture and white beauty the white beauty space because I I know that's that's gotten some coverage but how how do you think we can actually collectively combat it? And shift the the centering and the conversation away from whiteness and whiteness and beauty. Yeah. Well, specifically speaking to the wellness part of how I see whiteness centered within the wellness space, I think like my my general feeling around that is that if you are not, I don't care your ethnicity, if you are black, brown, white, um, you are a person of color or you are white. I just think that you are doing yourself a huge disservice by not truly engaging with and thinking about the indigenous origins of so many of the rituals and practices that we do. Like, mm. and if you're not also engaging with other people who are taking the practices from their lineages, from their cultures and, experiencing some of that for yourself and paying people who continue to do that work. Like, I just think that's really whack. I think that you are really like, I just, I just don't think it's, I just think it's whack. And so I think number one, that's kind of my general feeling because this is what I do. I feel like when I look throughout my wellness practices, I've been drawn to um, learn about different cultures and also implement, um, or to explore different practices and their origins and really appreciate them, um, from the people who also did the, have done the deep exploration and have really taken the time to do that. And so, or from their families or whatever it may mean for them. And so that's my general thought on that. But I also think that that, consensus to me in a way really trickles over to um to beauty and to like when i think about like also culture and pop culture when i think about trends cultural appropriation and how we still continue to um center them when we see them on white bodies i feel like for me mm. again the same feeling of it of understanding a huge disservice that happens when we decide to make those choices and what we really cut ourselves off from learning and understanding about each other and specifically black folks and a lot Mm -hmm. of our traditions and the things that we have brought into the beauty space. I think that one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of the times like the pitches and the stories that I'll be asked to write about are about black women and black beauty and and topics surrounding us and so much of my work focuses on 
black women, yes, because I'm a black woman, it's how I, it's, it's, it's the experience that I relate to and it's what I know. But also I just think about our spending dollars within the beauty industry and how we overspend and how we impact and also contribute with our own money. Um, and I think that it just makes a lot of sense to really understand and to have work that fully encompasses that. And I guess I say all of that to say that not giving your, yourself a chance to really explore Black art, um, uh, uh, African beauty rituals, indigenous beauty rituals, and also just beauty rituals from other countries. Like you really do your, you are, I, I want people to know that they are first doing themselves a huge disjustice. Dis- dis- and whether you are a CEO mm-hmm. of a brand and whether you are, or whether you are a consumer or you are a social media editor within the space, like it really starts with the individual. And I really, really believe that. And I think that we oftentimes will come from this place of, what does the work look like? And there's such a financial and a monetary element of that. And we've seen that play out ever since the death of George Floyd, especially. But I think the element that is missing here is around figuring out how you can connect and understand and relate to people who don't have the same beauty practices as you and appreciating them and still digging into them and exploring them um, on the page um, of reading about them or watching about it. Because for me, that's where genuine inspiration can come from, genuine appreciation. And so, yeah, at a, it's so not like a, I always feel like that response is so not a specific to the beauty industry, but I think it is like what we need to do across so many sectors of like really evaluate your media diet. The, the, the writers that you are reading, do they all look like you? If so, like that's a problem, you know, Mm -hmm. follow the niche weird Instagram account, like follow stuff that is not about you. Like I think that that has been a huge part of my practice too. I love, um, I especially love for me, I'm learning more about also like, um, Southeast, um, like Southeast Asian beauty and especially learning more about beauty rituals within India. I like following the Desi girls on Instagram. Like I like kind of, kind of just watching and also feeling like I can, I get and understand. It doesn't mean I have to engage. It doesn't mean I have to insert myself into every conversation under a comment section, but I like that feeling of being able to relate to other people and, and understanding their culture. Um, even if I'm not a part of it and like, why would you not want to f- feel that way? Like to me, that's, it, it's an awesome feeling. So. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit to talk about the work that you're doing in the cannabis space. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about S- Studio Simone? Is that, am I yes, saying it Studio right? Simone. Okay. Yes, just S- Studio I Simone. <laughs> I don't know why my parents put that accent there. But. Okay, the accent is silent. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> Studio Simone and how that came to be and kind of where you're hoping to go with it. Yeah. So I feel like I have slowly been entering into the cannabis space, but really in this way of just being a user of it. Uh, as I've moved to LA, really, I feel like in 
in cannabis in dispensaries are in every corner and also having friends in the space, I felt like I was starting to explore it more personally, but also learn more about the industry in this ways where it became a lifestyle. And then also, I just think that like as a black woman and someone who is very aware of how the war on drugs has affected my community, I'm very there. Like for me, there's no way that I can be a conscious black woman living in LA, having access to the best of the best of everything and, and that not feeling a part of my decision or my thought, my thought around smoking cannabis. And so I was um, brought an opportunity to do an event with a cannabis brand. And for me, I really think that where cannabis has come into my work has been, or when I've mentioned it has been around when it has to do with how we use cannabis as self care or care for ourselves. And so, for example, when, um, Shakira Richardson, she was disqualified from the 100 meter race at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, she was disqualified for testing positive for cannabis. And she, you know, talked about the reasoning of just finding a moment, um, during the death of her mother. Like to me, that was such an honest, raw, Frank, but also it was about a choice that she had made for herself around how she, how she wanted to care for herself in that moment. And I think that that to me is what those conversations are what really draw me to talking about cannabis and, and beauty and wellness. And so I kind of was given this space to have an event and for cannabis to really be in the background of it, but so that we could talk about it in a way that was not actually about the cannabis industry in itself. It was about the normalization of it as someone, as it coming from me, someone who's not in the industry per se. Um, but this is how I engage with it. This is how my friends engage with it. And also like we are people. This is my, my network of people, um, within media and publishing or entertainment who smoke cannabis. And this is just what we're doing right now in the moment. And so that was really awesome because now we're. Now we're going to continue to have more events. And also I would love to have you both there because I'm always looking to, yes, like it's just yes. expand. I, I'm always looking to honestly expand, expand who's there, you know? And so I think that we're going to continue to have the events. I'm going to continue to focus it around, um, talking to people, um, who I feel like are really truly practicing beauty and wellness in their own lives and in their own ways and are expressing that. And that um Lacey Jordan, she was an an art director, an illustrator, designer. Um her I feel like her work is all across LA from Sweet Greens to to Spotify. Um and she's someone who I've seen her incorporate cannabis into her work. And which becomes really tricky as you start to work with brands where I know some influencers where they because the deals that they Mm. have and because of federal laws, you know, they can't they can't always promote it in the way that they want. And that's something I had to think about, too. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's so interesting. You you don't think about it as much like living here, but it, it you know, it was it was something I was aware of, of like, if this is something I'm doing um, I have to be aware of maybe an opportunity that I may be, I may not be able to do. But also I think that like people need to join my bandwagon too. Like I think that I should be able to freely express that I smoke cannabis and that I also, I don't know, like read, 
I don't, I don't even know what, what the, what the, what the caveat would be, but, um, it's just really about embracing it in that way. And what I honestly really am now building towards is making Studio Simone a, platform that is really around um making media and not just written mm-hmm. word media but thinking about what are some of the stories that I want to see even so many of the things we've talked about on this podcast what are all of the ideas I have scribbled and written down features I haven't been able to write um stories stories that I that I want to do but like no one right now can really pay me enough to do them I would be probably split even you know thinking about videos that I want to do or docu series and understanding how studio Simone can be a hub for the production of those things and really now feeling like I'm starting to understand what I want to do in the in the beauty space you know like what's going to be my my thing and so much of my of my time so far has been figuring that out and so it was cool to have that event because it was a good signifier of like the direction I can take things yeah it, it seems seems super cool so um, congratulations thanks thank you <gasps> I just I appreciate what you're doing and what you're saying because I do feel like the CBD and beauty is such a huge thing right yes. now and it's the um the juxtaposition of like, look at all these CD, CBD brands being carried in Sephora versus, you know, like Shakari Richardson not being allowed to go to the Olympics. Like it's, and, and I know you've mentioned like what happened with Megan yeah. Rapino promoting a CBD brand on her way to the Olympics. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's bonkers. And if, if it's not addressed like head on now, it's only going to get, um, get work get worse and that's it's it's like the cannabis use is so stigmatized especially for people of color when you know and then we've got all these like white ladies with you know long beachy hair trying to sell us cbd products which i which i am part of the problem in buying (laughs) but actually though it's like i go to these expos here in la around cbd and beauty and i'm like is this really what you want this, this space to look like? Just this, only this, like this. And this mm. is kind of what I'm saying of like, if we really fought and stood up for people and engaged in how, especially like us as women and how we are, all of us are disenfranchised in these, di- in these different ways because of race. Like I just think I know for a fact that things would be far more interesting for for all of us and there would be and and there's so much to go around too i think in terms of just i don't know uh exposure or brand i I don't really know exactly but i think that there's so much to go around and to just narrow it in on on a specific uh on, on only it looking a certain way within a specific community is like not it's not what I'm super into. So yeah, we, I didn't even get to touch on specifically CBD, yeah. but it's, it's all of that, right? It's cannabis. It's, it's THC. It's CBD. And now we're also going to start to see other, um, forms of the plant become popular or people become more aware of. And then people will make products based off of that too and their popularity. So. Mm. Yeah. There's, uh... There's so much to think about, and I'm just glad that you're kind of bringing these issues to the surface. So thank you. Um, Darian, it's been truly a pleasure to talk to you. I feel like 
we covered so much. We could have covered so much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you for coming on this show. If people want to follow you on social media or, um, you know, find out more about what you're doing, where should they go? Yes, I am Darian on Instagram, just my first name. And I have a newsletter, which is really the best way to keep up with me. It's Darian.substack.com. And there's a paid tier and a subscription in a, in a free tier. And how else can people, that's, that's really it. And then I will say my TikTok is because I am growing on TikTok and I'm super proud of my TikTok. Amazing. <laughs> super proud of my TikTok growth, but I'm Lil D number two, cute four, number four. You, the letter U, if you can even keep up with that. It's an O to my old AIM <laughs> name. I might change it later. We'll see. <laughs> um, well, we'll link to it in the show notes. Thank you. Um, well, thank you. Thank you again, Darian. This was super fun. Yes. Thank you both for the conversation. Yeah, this was you. awesome. Darian, again, I mean, I know I said this before we talked to her, but she's just so cool. I feel like a lot of the people we get to talk to are just cool. Well, we are also cool. Are we? I mean, no offense to you, but I don't know if I would call myself cool. I'm not even going to call. I think you are cooler than me. No, 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 no. I disagree. I disagree, Kate. You're just going to have to own your coolness. I truly don't know if I've ever felt cool. Do you ever feel cool? Maybe once when I wore like a leather jacket, I felt cool. That's very stereotypical. (laughs) I have occasionally felt cool. I don't feel cool right now, but there have been times in my life where I felt cool. All right. I mean, I like the feeling of cool. I still don't mind not feeling cool. It's not like I'm upset about it, but. No, of course. But I'm just saying. saying. Anyway. All right. I hear you. Okay, Listen. talk to me. Listen, you were time managing back in the back in last week's intention zone. I was. I had a lot going on this past week, including the Jewish holidays. Yeah. And there was just a lot on my plate. I was pretty good about this. I I did manage to get a lot of stuff done, but I also asked for some deadline extensions on a couple of things. Excuse me, and I'm glad I did. Good. Um, one of which I even asked for before the thing was due, which is like <laughs> mm, good thinking. Girl. Pretty, pretty revolutionary for little old me. I decided <laughs> to get ahead of that with something that was due on Monday. I was like, "There's no way that this is going to happen by Monday." So I emailed my editor and was like, "There's just been I've had a lot going on this week. Um, can I get an extra week?" And she was like, "Yeah, totally, no problem." Like she didn't care. I was like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Most people are like open and nice when yes. you ask for things. Isn't that nice? And I do always need to remember that. So, same, same. Anyway, this week, I'm going to try to get back on the old riding horse. Now, this which is interesting. I know is a horse that you are familiar, a horse of a different color, if you will. You know I love horse horses of all kinds. That I have led to water, but I have not been able to make drink. What are a you horse, working on? Okay, go ahead. A horse whose mouth... <laughs> I don't... It's a gift horse. I don't want to look it in the mouth. There's a lot of metaphors with horses. Yeah, horses are amazing. They're the best <laughs> animal. <sighs> um, yeah, I... 
I want to just like get some writing time back on the cow. Now, by writing time, do you mean like indulging in just some creative writing for your own pleasure and well, stimulation? Okay. I have, I have like the very, very basic, some very, very basic preliminary thought bubbles of ideas for a, a possible fiction book. And I just want to see if I can kind of dip my toe. If you will, I'm so excited. So, but Can I'm, I just, but I'm, but I'm finding that if I don't schedule actual time to write, then it just doesn't happen. Yep, don't I know it? So, well, I will say, I for one, I'm very pleased to hear this because you know I am hotly anticipating your first cozy murder mystery. Listen, I don't, I mean, I haven't started this yet, so I don't want to say it's this, it's that, but my, the concept that I have, I would not necessarily describe as cozy per se. Okay. But it could, it could become cozy. Oh my gosh. Listen, speaking of, guess who is making the Maisie Dobbs television series? Guess who is making? Okay. How much of a guest do I want to make here? Is it a person I love? I think so. Shonda Rhimes? No. Good guess, though. Who's making the Maisie Dobbs? Is it a woman? Yes. Do they predominantly identify as an actor? No. Oh, God. Is it Hillary Clinton? (laughs) Yes. Shut up. (laughs) Yes, it literally is. Are you serious? Her, yes. She and Chelsea have a production company and they optioned Maisie Dobbs. Shut up. And then I was like, oh. wait a second. First of all, HRC is writing a book with Louise Penny and now she optioned Maisie Dobbs. Do you kind of like, feel like she's on your thing? Yes. And I'm like, do I need to work for Hillary Clinton's production company? Yes. yes. Obviously. <gasps> yes, you do. I know. Isn't that wild? I yeah, think that I, was optioned. That was a- I think it was optioned many years ago, I believe, by like a British production company, and it never went anywhere. But I mean, Hillary gets shit done. I feel like if she is optioning this, this is going to happen. Oh my God, I cannot believe it's Hillary Clinton. I'm dying. Isn't that amazing? I also love that you guessed it. (laughs) (sighs) Me too. (laughs) Um, Anyway, that is a total sidebar. Kate. Yes. You also last week had a writing-related intention. I did. And look, I mean, I know not many people, most people who listen to this podcast aren't writers. So, but I I feel like it applies to everything, which was that I kind of just realized that, quote, just because something's hard doesn't mean it's bad. And I've tried to remember that as I continue my work on certain projects that I'm working on. And, you know, I don't know, for better or for worse, I'm still working on them. So, yeah. That's been a helpful mantra to have in the back of my mind, for sure. It really has. And then this week, I have a less fun thing, though I'm sure it's related to my writing, which is that I think I'm getting carpal tunnel. Oh. So now I realize I just talked about like lifting and stuff. I, it, I'm I'm almost certain it's not related to actual exercise. I'm, it's it's almost exactly where I have had carpal tunnel before. So I have to really deal with that before it gets worse, um, which really for me means not using my phone. So 
you know. Okay. That's where I'm at. Not it's that's right. not a fun one, but I need to, you know, I need to get a little wrist brace. I need to make sure my keyboard is back propped up where I should keep it. I have to do all those things that I have done before to make it better. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm glad that you are taking your health seriously. Thank you very much. And I am glad to tell you and our listeners that Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Schiffrier and Kate Spencer, and it's produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Sam Reed is our project manager, and our network partner is Acast. All right. Bye, everyone. TTYL. 